Hey, what's up, guys? It's Brett. Hope everyone is doing amazing today and getting excited and ready for this episode of BTL. You guys are going to love this one. But before we start that off, I wanted to give everybody a quick plug and info update on a mastermind group that I re recently partnered up with. Uh, so I partnered with a few mentors of mine in this group called Revenue, and it's a, a mastermind, mentorship, coach, platform, you name it everything that you could possibly want to or need to learn about to scale your business, grow your business, even start up a business. Any ideas as far as uh, marketing, content creation, uh, finances and tax investments, mindset, relationships, connecting with others. That's what this is all about. So you're going to be it, with this opportunity. You have the ability to connect yourself with some insane high performers incredible coaches and mentors where you can simply plug away and ask them anything. And the content is all right there for you. So take a look at the show notes, click on that link, go ahead and invest in yourself and invest in your future. You will not regret it. If you do have any questions, feel free to shoot me an email. Let me know. Other than that, everybody enjoy this episode. It will blow you away. And I look forward to uh, to seeing all of you guys in the Revenue Mastermind group. <laughs> Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Brett Kelly, the host of today's episode with the Born to Lead podcast. I've got uh, an incredible mentor and influencer who makes such an impact in, in the lives of so many people. I'm, I'm so impressed with him and, and honored to, to have him on the show today. I've got Daryl Stinson with me. And Daryl is, I mean, he's got, he's got some different companies that he's started up. He's a TEDx speaker. Uh, a speaker as well as a coach. Uh, I mean, th this dude, it, the list goes on and on and on from athleticism and, and what he's doing today. It's super impressive. So Daryl, welcome to the BTL podcast. And thanks for being on here today, man. Really appreciate you. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. This is going to be fun, jam-packed with value. And uh, let's throw some laughter in there too. Uh, I love a good, good laughter time, man. I, I'm excited about it. So let's Let's start off on this, man. You you just shared with me. Most people, when when they meet you and and they think that you're like in your 40s or something like that, you've got so much experience. And you, I think, what did you yeah. say? Man? It was like I've I've just, I've I've, li I've lived I've lived quickly, something along those lines. Yeah, yeah. quickly. So yeah. how did you get to where you're at right now? And and maybe talk about a lot of the the sporting. Uh, world that you've been involved with as far as professional athletic athletics and and all of that man tell us about that yeah so uh man it's it's crazy because you you ask how do you get to where you're at and some of it is like strategic calculated steps um intentional skill sets that i had um, being able to network um and, and some of it's just just God and luck, man, <laughs> you know, just being in the right place at the right time, you know, uh, participating, engaging, giving back, um, and, and that type of thing. So, uh, yeah, I, I played division one sports. I wasn't a professional athlete, uh, central Michigan university, uh, was on track to become a professional. Um, you know, I'm six foot five, very athletic, uh, you know, was a star athlete in basketball, football, and track. So it wasn't a matter of if I was going to go to the NFL, it was a matter of when. And uh, 
Fortunately, I had a back injury at the end of my freshman year uh, that should have ended my athletic career. Um, I say should have because uh, I could not let sports go that easy. I mean, I had spent my entire life dreaming of that career. Um, There was no plan B. There was no option to fail. I was going to be the best athlete of all time, point blank, period. I believed it. I worked hard. I grew. And um, I had success. But life has a way of throwing you curveballs. And it threw me one in my back injury. Uh, and I was so determined that I wasn't going to let that ruin my opportunity that I signed a liability waiver to be able to come back to play the game of football. The liability waiver meant that the university would not be liable for my injury or my death should I uh, either happen on the field. And I put my body through two years of drug addiction, pain, um, uh, 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 chaos. Uh, I started to sell drugs throughout the state of Michigan to cover the cost of my healthcare expenses because I was paying for my medical procedures out of pocket. I was getting acupuncture, chiropractic, uh, seven days a week, physical therapy, seven days a week. I was getting nerve killings, multiple epidural shots in my back. Uh, Any technique that could heal the body, I was doing praying, worshiping, asking for you know, people to just lay hands on anything that could, I didn't care what faith realm it came from. I just wanted to be healed so I can continue to play. And I did so with some success. I managed to earn a starting position uh, to make an impact on, um, on my team, to win a MAC championship with our team. Um, but I did so at a cost to my health, both my mental health and my physical health. Um, physically, my body was wearing down. Obviously, I had an opioid addiction. Um, I, my body was determined, uh, developing a permanent hunch because of all the contact that I was making. My body had never really healed from my back injury and I kept pounding it with, uh, football collisions and, 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 and mentally to go from, you know, practices to selling drugs to classes to selling drugs from my internship to selling drugs to being on the road like it was just no time to think to invest in my mental health and so uh, I basically crashed and burned Uh, going into my senior year the coaches saw that I was doing something wrong and they said man we don't know what you're doing but every time you make contact on the field your nose is bleeding so we've got to let you go Um, and so they kicked me off the team and I was forced to face uh, the reality that that what I was told <laughs> about life wasn't true. Here's what I mean by that. <clears throat> I was told since a young age that if you give it 100%, that if you give it everything you got, if you don't quit when it gets tough, you will make it. And not only did I believe that before my injury, I believed it after. And the truth of the matter is that there was no way I was playing in the league. What does that it mean? It wasn't an option now? anymore. With, with what you what you were told growing up, and and that was right. your, that, that's what you saw as your purpose throughout your your entire career up to that point was that no Absolutely. matter what you do, as hard as you work and you show up and you put in the time and the effort and you practice, you will be successful. What does that mean to you now after you face that type of rejection from your coaches? That hey man, you're you're not part of this team anymore. We gotta let you go. Yeah. What does it mean to you now? So to me, success is I have a completely different definition of success now. I mean, my, my belief system has completely changed. Then success was all about making it to the top. It was all about being the best. It was all about uh, large platforms, big money. Like 
like it was always something that I had to reach and attain. My definition of success now is completely flipped. Success is not something I get to. Success is something that I am. And uh, I believe that success from a faith perspective is obedience. Um, and, and from just a general perspective, it's keeping promises to yourself. Hey, I say I'm going to write a book, I write it. Hey, I say I'm going to start a business, I, I start it. Hey, I say I'm going to work out, I work out. I'm successful because of that. And the reason why is because you cannot control the output. You can't control if you blow up on social media. You can't control if you go viral. You can't control if you get, you know, a million dollars of sales or a billion dollars of sales. All you can control is how much you can give. And if you give and leave the rest to, to the people's response and, don't, and detach your identity from an outcome, like, how grateful, like how awesome is that, that you can be happy right now, that you don't have to dangle the carrot in front of yourself as if it's just so far for you to take, you got to wait 10 years till you get a bigger bank account to enjoy your life. So my definition of success has completely been transformed and flipped. How do you keep up with the accountability and the self-accountability? Or do you have, do you have mentors that you work with or co your own coaches? I know you do some coaching, but yeah. do you have your own yep. coaches and, and, is it just self-accountability? I mean, I, I, being an athlete too, I yeah. know what the self-accountability looks like, but for oh, you yeah. to, to continue pushing, yeah. does, it, does it turn, does it change? Did you pivot from that? Well, what did that look like? Yeah. So research will show you that people who have accountability partners are far more likely to uh, succeed at their goals, reach their goals. You can read Forbes articles, Inc. article. It doesn't matter yeah. what you read. Anything leadership will tell you the importance of accountability and coaching. Uh, every great, player needs a coach every player needs a coach but every great player definitely needs a coach Kobe Bryant had one rest in peace Michael Jordan had a coach like without Phil Jackson I don't know Michael Jordan would have ever been Michael Jordan so uh, we all need great coaches I think the better the coach the the more uh potential that you'll be able to reach as a person or a professional or a husband or a father and so we all need great coaches um I think where we go wrong sometimes is uh we try to get one coach to teach us in all things and, and I think we need to diversify our coach. You know, uh, you might have, uh, from a sports example, you might have a coach that's really good with handles and, and they're helping you with dribbling skills. You might have a coach that's really good with your shot. Um, I don't think that, uh, uh, I think too many people call themselves like coaches and they try to coach me in all areas and they're not masters in all areas. Yeah. They're like a jack of all trades and they're masters of none. And so, uh, yes, I have uh, accountability partners I have coaches and I recommend everyone has coaches. Um, yeah, as a coach myself, I'd love to coach you. Um, um, my specialty is helping misfits turn their pain into purpose and profit. And so if you feel like you've got quirky ideas and you really don't fit into anybody's uh, mastermind process, I guarantee you'll fit in mine because I specialize in the people who don't fit because I custom tailor the coaching. It isn't one size fits all. Uh, so there's transferable skills and principles. Uh, but then there's a custom outfit that makes you you. And that's what I'm about. So it starts with clarity of your purpose. It starts with, uh, there's three things that everyone needs in life to be successful. So here I go. I told you, don't let me do this. <laughs> uh, in any area of your life, there's three things that you need to master. Here's what we focus on in our legacy league. You ready? Your mindset, your skills, and your network. It doesn't matter what you're trying to achieve. You, you have those three things. You master that. If you get the right mindset with the right skills and the right network, that's Anything's it. possible. That's it. Anything's I like that, possible. Man. I like it. And, yeah. and you, didn't, you didn't learn all this just like last night, right? I mean, it's this oh, God, a, lot no. of, a lot of trials, tribulations, failures, <sighs> successes, and then falling down all over again.
So tell me, I'm curious to know, man, I mean, growing up and and your level of performance and your drive, who were you Mm -hmm. seeking in in your childhood? Who were you seeking approval from most, would you say? That's a really, I haven't got asked that question yet. Um, And I've done a ton of uh, podcasts and media appearances. um, So you're going to make me reflect. Uh, I think it it probably was a tie between um, my peers. um, Because if you watch my TEDx talk on overcoming rejection, I talk about how I was being torn between the racial divide in my community. Mm -hmm. So it was like I was too white to be in with the blacks and I was too black to be in with the white. So I was kind of like always conforming and I so desperately wanted their acceptance that it motivated me in sports because sports became the vehicle uh, that made me not have to choose between my white friends and black friends because they didn't care if I went to bonfires or I went to basement parties. They didn't care if I uh, spoke Ebonics or if I used proper English as long as I was winning games. That's all they cared about. So it was a common uh, denominator that drew us together. So uh, that was a huge uh, driving force for me is earning their acceptance and approval through my success in sports. Uh, the other was my father. My father was a freak of nature athlete. He actually played at Central Michigan University as well. Oh, and cool. crazy thing, got he got hurt, blew out his knee. And so, I mean, he has a whole box of NFL letters because he was going, it's like, like father, like son, seriously. Actually, I did a, a, an interview with him called Like Father, Like Son, because it was just so much um, um, parallels in our story. But my, since my dad was such a great athlete, I wanted to, I wanted to impress him. Um, I wanted him to uh, adore me, respect yeah. me for my, for my athletic ability. He loved me as a son, but I wanted him to respect me as an athlete. So who and do you want to be? His was high. Who do, who do you want to be seen as now? Now? I want to be known for what I give to the world. I want to be known as the most generous person on the planet. Um, and I'm not talking about just finances, although I do want to do that. Uh, I'm talking about ideas, time, resources, um, love. I believe people are so stingy with love. Like, we only love people who love us first. And I, and I like to flip that equation. I'd rather give you love, even if you don't give me anything back in return. How do you do and that? So uh, I want to be known as the most generous person on the planet. How, how, how do you give others love, whether you know them or not? How do you, how do you facilitate what you just said of kind of turning that around? Yeah, it's the same way you lead. Okay, we, we, we say this all the time that as leaders. We say uh, average leaders see problems, great leaders see solutions. Okay, it's the same way with love. You can look at a person and, and tell oh, this person is arrogant. This person has, you know, this type of issue. This person is too driven. This person is kind of rude, like whatever. Anybody can see problems, but can you see solutions? It's the same thing with love. Can you look beyond the surface of their arrogance and see their insecurity? Can you look beyond uh, the surface of their attitude or, or their rudeness or their callousness and see a good human being? Because when you can do that, it's easy to speak to that, love, call it out. I, I love to do it all the time. I, I love being around high-performing leaders because oftentimes they are the people who are the most desperate for affirmation and approval because they give so much that people think that they don't need it. Mm. Right? Like, like mm-hmm. because they, 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 they preach it, they talk it, they share, they train, they have podcasts and big social media followings, and, and we – 
adore them. It's the same thing as an athlete. You understand, like, nobody knew I was depressed. Nobody knew I was uh, suicidal. People saw external success and they couldn't see internal failure. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm like, sometimes I think the, the, the higher level leaders need it the most. And I just, I just speak to it, man. I just say, Hey man, uh, you're doing a great job. Thank you so much for the impact. I don't just see your work and your hands and your tactics. I see your heart and I really appreciate that about you. Man, that's beautiful, dude. That, that is incredible. So I think it's a really good transition point to, to kind of start diving into rejection and projection. And I don't want to, if anybody wants to learn a whole lot more about this, you've got to check out Daryl's TED talk that, I mean, it, that's, that's what really attracted the, the connection here, uh, for us to to be speaking today, but share a little bit on this, man. I, I love the concept about rejection and projection and how you, not only you came up with this whole thing, how you utilized this to drive drive things. So let's go there. Yeah. 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 I'm glad you said that last piece. No, I, I'm glad you said that last piece because people watch the TEDx talk and they only get the first half, which is like kind of overcoming rejection. Right. But they don't get how you can leverage it for success. And I'm like, right. I should have put like, like I should have just called it, rejection to success instead of overcoming rejection and so i'm so mad that i didn't do that but too late (laughs) (laughs) the next one the next one you do (laughs) but but, no so actually i have a next one and it's going to be called uh hey misfits come out of hiding the world needs you and so just just a preview there um but i'm so glad you said that um because that is what it's about okay um I, let's 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 tackle this from a different angle because um, I've I've covered this in in the TEDx talk and then I also have a rejection to success guide that's completely free on my website DarylStinson.com that people can go and download and just access and use and by the way um, there's no sales funnel so don't think that I'm entering you into the email <laughs> system to upgrade I'm not and if I was oh well but I'm not so I'm just saying like no fear just download the free guide and it's yours okay and so um. He, he, Here's an example that that some can relate to. Okay, so I am from the streets, the hood. Okay, uh, true story. All right, nobody else has gotten this, so you're gonna love this. Uh, there, when I was younger, my cousin um, got into a fight with uh, a guy that was a neighbor, and his sister came out and helped, you know, uh, her brother fight my cousin. Uh, my cousin's name is Deshaun, and they whooped his tail, like. <laughs> whooped his tail he came home crying and my grandma was like what are you crying for go back there with your cousin and go whoop they tell she said the a word okay (laughs) i don't swear And, and so we went back so here's here's the mentality that i grew up with right that you don't just let somebody push you around and not retaliate okay i'm gonna connect the dots I'm with you. you don't just let rejection push you around and not get something from that rejection. You understand? I spent my, ent- I, I, hold on, I'm going to get emotional. I spent my entire life hating myself, questioning myself to the point where I wrote my suicide letter, to the point where I'm swallowing hope, I was appeal, hoping that I don't wake up the next day, all because of rejection. 
And I didn't go through all of that just to survive suicide and live and exist. No, absolutely not. I want my money back, my time that I lost, every night that I wasted crying myself to sleep. I want all of that back. So I'm going to get something, not just get something from my life. I'm going to get something from my community. I'm breaking up the clicks. I'm diversifying the community. I'm pouring resources back to where I came from. Why? Because rejection is not just going to whip my tail and I not do anything back. Let me bring that home for the listeners. You've been talked about, lied about. You've beaten yourself up for where, how far you not, how far you are not yet. You've you've been uh, uh, hating the results that you've seen in your life. You some people told you that you'll never be good enough. Some people told you that because you have some weakness or some flaw that you can't reach high levels of success. And rejection has caused you to question yourself, question your future. But I'm here to tell you that you can turn rejection on its head and you can actually use it to produce success in your life because I believe at the at the at the um, uh, crossing point of your rejection is the catalyst for your success here's what I mean by that rejection doesn't shouldn't make you question your value it actually shows you your value give you an example Uh, um, oil and water were never meant to mix okay so if oil is being rejected by water it doesn't mean that oil doesn't have uh, 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 great qualities of use. It just means that it wasn't meant to mesh with water. It actually means that it has great qualities. It's so distinct that it can't be duplicated. It can't be cop- co- uh, copied. Mm. Uh, water can't be oil and vice right. versa. And so when you encounter rejection in your life, you have to view it through that lens that this isn't showing me who I'm not. It actually is showing me who I am. And rather than feel bad because I don't fit in, how about I rise up because I stand out? Oh, okay. Man. Sorry for yelling, but I'm getting excited. No, I'm dude, passionate so about good. this because I see too many people who encounter rejection, whether in the sales or they don't get invited out for drinks for lunch or, or, or somebody, their parents feel like, like the career choice that they chose isn't like worth affirmation or, 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 or praise because they don't deem that career path valuable because it's not a doctor or a lawyer or whatever is right. like the cultural norms of your family dynamics. And I'm sick of them beating themselves up instead of recognizing that it's actually that rejection that's showing them, giving them clues of what they're supposed to do in life. And I believe not just unlocking your future, but unlocking streams of revenue, which is important because when you have the right money mindset, it's not about being rich and famous. It's about having the resources that you need to make the impact in the world uh, that you desire to make. And so that's what this is about. How do you do that? You go back to your most painful moment of rejection and you analyze it. Okay. What is this situation showing me about others? Projection. What is this situation showing me about me? And you take that information and you start to collect data that helps you to make different decisions. For my life, uh, it was that I was rejected because I was a black kid that quote unquote talked and acted white. Okay. Once I went back and reviewed that moment of rejection, I said, man, that was actually projection of those students' own inward brokenness and insecurities. They were so broken that they couldn't even do anything outside of what their clique thought was acceptable. Right. They were all conforming, and because of that, they projected it onto me so that I conformed. (laughs) Man. So now that I know that, hey, actually, this is projection, now I use that data and go, So what's the right narrative 
to tell myself that, by the way, that's what your mindset is. Your mindset is the story that you tell yourself. Okay. So now instead of telling myself that something's wrong with me because of rejection, what if, what if something's right with me? Hey, how about this idea? What if it's actually a good thing that I'm a black guy who can talk white? It's amazing to, to, when you change the way that you look at things, the things that you look at change. And that's exactly what you've yeah. done with that. And you just, you're just shifting Absolutely. around your, your mindset on it. But, you know, your mindset is based on your, those are your beliefs and your beliefs are your thoughts and your thoughts. And, and it t- all the way turns into your actions all the Absolutely. way through and how you make decisions and your decisions become your future. I mean, it, it's incredible Absolutely. that you, you've taken something, especially when you were at such a young age to right to totally analyze that in a much different way. So I'm curious mm-hmm. you're to, I don't, I hate to ignore what's going on in the world now, whether it's yeah. talking about coronavirus or protests and everything that's taking mm-hmm. place. How, if you were to, to speak to, to the, the greater audience outside of just who's listening right now, but to the greater audience that we can share and transform one's thoughts into another individual and then pay that forward and pay that forward. What would the the delivery of your message be with, with how you're viewing rejection and projection and isolation? Yeah. 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 Um, let me say it this way. Um, let me preface it before I give you this because I'm getting ready to say something very cliche and people hate cliches. (laughs) Nobody even, but nobody even likes the word cliche much less things. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, but let me give you a different perspective on cliche because cliches are cliches because they stand the test of time. So we actually should value cliches, especially in the middle of pandemics and things in the times that we're facing right now, because if the cliche has made it to this day, it'll make it moving forward. Right. Here's the cliche. United we stand, divided we fall. Okay. If we know that, which we do, here's what we need to ask ourselves on social media, on media outlets, on podcasts, on our conversations with our friends, our neighbors, whatever. How can I build a bridge instead of burn one? Yeah. Because in my efforts to take a stand, I may be burning a bridge. And burning a bridge does not keep us united. Okay. Now, let me say this. I am a black man. I have been pulled over and searched without probable cause. I have been called nigger more times than I would like to admit. I actually got chased down by an angry white mob in uh, a neighboring town called Grass Lake, uh, which is about 15, 20 minutes from my hometown. And they almost killed me if I didn't like m- manage to get away. Um, I've been denied opportunities for advancement. Um, I have seen people uh, who have heard me on the phone and love me, saw me in person and completely ran away from me. Um, and I could go on and on and on. I've got uh, my, my godmother is in prison for a life sentence for something that she did on accident. It is in systematic injustice. Okay. 
And, and I say all of that so that you understand how powerful it is when I say that love is still the bridge. Yep. Okay. Man, tying it all and that I can have my pain and I can know that there's systematic injustice and, uh, and racism, but I can also still build bridges. This is what Martin Luther King Jr. did. He built bridges. The quote is right here. Actually, and I I was just, yeah. this, this has been in my office for because I look up to him. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. And this is in a time where there were still whites only, colored only restaurants, water fountains, segregation in schools. And I get that it still exists today, but what I'm trying to say is love is still always the bridge. There's a reason why uh, there's a Martin Luther King Jr. Day and not a insert your other violent leader day because we understand that, man, it takes a lot to be hurt and still love. And so I would just say, ask yourself this one question, what's the bridge? And then, and, and if there's a resource I would recommend, it, it might surprise them because it's not like a, people keep recommending all these resources on like systematic oppression. I think you should read and study up on all that stuff. That's but important. here's a book that I think you should read. No, it's very important for you to understand. But what oh, I yeah. don't like is it kind of makes white people feel bad. And I'm sick of white people beating themselves up to make us feel better. <laughs> By the way, I'm in an interracial marriage. My wife is white. We have three mixed children. Okay. So, uh, I recommend people go read the book Crucial Conversations mm. because it talks about, have you read it? It's a great book. Great. It's a phenomenal book, especially for these times yep. because it talks about how to communicate when stakes are high. And one of the, and it has strategies for having crucial conversations. And this is what we're having a crucial conversation. Even in the pandemic, there's people yeah. who are like mad that places are opening up and and not wearing masks and then there's people who are on the other end of the spectrum and it's like how do you have that crucial conversation i'm telling you that book is very very important in these times i've been rereading it man whether it's um, in business or if it's in your personal life oh you know just your your home life or if it's with your friends i mean that you can't replace that type of knowledge but it's not just it's one thing to just have that type of knowledge and it's totally different to actually apply it. And I, I think that's what you're what you're going towards with that bridge and how to even create the infrastructure that is needed for that type of bridge is is actually applying the stuff that you're you're internalizing. Yeah. 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 So how do absolutely what 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 does the bridge look like? I mean, how how can we all work on this together based on what we're seeing happen in the world? I, I really I don't even like to turn on the news. It's I it's, know it's disappointing what yeah what humans are doing to one another. I don't care yeah. what color you are, purple, white, yep. black turquoise it doesn't matter where you're at in the world yep. it's disappointing you know it's it's disheartening yep so we're having a racial discussion but we have a relationship objective okay mm-hmm. so i say keep relationship as your objective and, and 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 here's why that's important because when you talk about what to do it you ha- it's there's no one one size fits all answers like there's just not 
You don't have to donate to Black Lives Matter. If you feel like you want to, that's fine. You don't have to use the hashtag Blackout Tuesday. If you want to, that's fine. Because there's more than one method of racial reconciliation. And we, we, we all have different sets of circumstances, different spheres of influence, and our situations are unique. Um, let me, I haven't yet to, be, um, to go to a protest, um, but I support people who do. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yep. And so uh, um, as a black person, why are you not protesting? You know, your ancestors did. And I'm just like, well, I've got some other things to consider. Um, and then, you know, I don't want to get into that whole debate. But yeah. <laughs> my point is this. Uh, do in your heart what you are, um, what you feel will make a difference during this time. And, and here's the big thing. Communicate it. Mm communicate it not just because if people don't know that you're with us it's gonna feel like you're against us mlk said at the end of the day it is not the words of our enemies that we'll remember it's the silence of our friends yeah and so just say something man if if you know you you can just be like i'm hurting and i'm learning something hey i brought it up on my podcast something and if I know that you're doing something, man, you're, you're part of the solution, not the problem. Right. We're trying to figure out who's a part of the problem and let's get them out of the way. But when you get like radical and just think that you've got to like start doing crazy stuff that you don't even know what you're supporting, be careful. Okay. So that's, that's the solution. That I think it that. ties back to what you were saying about being, you know, talent and leaders are solution oriented. Yep rather Absolutely. than seeking and trying to dig and uncover whatever whatever's out there to find more problems and build up the problem. Right. What's the solution? What can we work on together and communicate that yep. with one another? Yeah. That's, that's so important, man. How do, I mean, what, what, are you, what does it look like waking up in the day of Daryl? I mean, how do you go through your day-to-day routines? You know, maybe yeah. pre-COVID, I don't know. What it, but I think it's important to know that you're still a human. You're, you're out and about, you're doing particular things and speaking engagements, yeah. all of that and meeting with clients. Yeah. What is your system? What's your routine? Yeah. So um, my system is first of all, built upon priorities. And so whatever system we build, like I've got my ideal week and all that stuff and my work startup day rituals and shutdown rituals and nighttime routines and morning routines. And so, you know, it's similar to many other. I start off in the morning and I uh, spend some time meditating and praying. I read the Bible. I read leadership development. I listen to something to get me super motivated. That way I'm starting my day with maximum momentum versus trying to push the the big boulder up the hill all day and then really start rolling at like 11. And uh, I like to wake up early uh, because I, it, it's like peaceful in the morning. Usually the, the, the majority of people aren't up early in the morning. Oh, so they, I don't so, worry about getting so distracted. Nice. Yeah. You know what I mean? I do my, I eat the ugly frog first. I do my most important project in the morning, all that stuff. Um, but I have principles that guide me. My faith guides me. Um, my priority of family guides me. My most important project in the season guides me. And so when life gets out of balance, I go back to that core. Uh, what's my faith telling me? Where's my family at? What's my most important project need right now? Um, that way I'm not reacting. I'm leading. Okay. How do you um, prioritize? Not... Yeah. So uh, I prioritize based upon objectives and goals. Okay. Meaning um, that if my, my number one goal for this quarter, which it is, is to publish my book, 
if I didn't do anything else, I'm going to work on that book. You see what I'm saying? And so yeah. what I don't do is go, what all do I have to do today? <laughs> and then go, well, what's priority number one? Because then what is urgent gets done and what's important doesn't. Yeah. And so I go, what's my goal? And then what's the number one thing I need to be working on consistently to pursue that goal? And by the way, this is what I learned that from Brendan Bouchard. Because yeah. people are like, how do you do this? How do you do that? Because he, he does all this stuff. He said, people don't understand that when I set out to do something, I focus on that one thing and I go all out. Like for seven weeks, all I did was my book. All I did was my book. Then all I did was my coaching program. Like I, and so focus is, is, is uh, dangerously important. You've heard the old like, uh, uh, illustration where they say, you know, the fact that you can tame a lion with a chair shows the importance of focus because if you give him three things to focus on, he can never exert his strength. How many of us cannot exert our strength in life because we're focusing on too many things at once? That makes sense. I mean, it, it's yeah. like what you said before, like being the jack of all trades and the master of none. Exactly. If you're trying to put all your energy in one direction, you're lacking energy in the others. And that's okay if that's towards your focus and your goal. And I mean, dude, I, I'm such a big Brennan Burchard fan. I think he's he's an incredible influencer in so many different ways. So it, it's it's great that you go through that. Are, what are some of the questions you ask yourself when you're you're doing your self journal time? Yeah, man, these are good questions. We got to do like a part two, man. I'm like, I want to, <laughs> I want to do this. This is good, man. It's a rich discussion. Um, man, this is such a good question. Um, I constantly monitor my emotional state during the day. So, so you recalibrate through the day or is it like in the morning and evening? Yeah, I I actually do think (laughs) that's a good question. Yes. Recalibrate. I don't, you gotta remember like time is a man-made construct. Right. So we are sometimes so limited by time that we're like, Oh, I gotta wait till next day or next year. And I'm like, why don't we just reset now? Yeah. Like if you want to play a mind game, just pretend like take a nap and wake up and pretend it's another day <laughs> because you don't have to wait to like after work to wind down. You know what I mean? Like just take you a quick 15 minute break. So yeah, right. I'm constantly recalibrating, bringing myself to, you have to get again, mindset skills network. Your mindset has to be that I'm always at my best when I'm centered. Okay. Uh, uh, Navy SEALs, uh, and, and uh, I, I've heard multiple military personnel say that the moment you get emotional on the battlefield, you stop leading. Mm. And, and that's a big statement considering that their best friends are dying right before their eyes. There's right. bullets flying, like it's stressful, but they say the moment you get emotional, you start leading. And so it's the same thing in life. Uh, if your emotional center starts getting off and you're stressed, you need to pause and get back to center. Okay, get back to a state of peace because you're going to make your best decisions at that state. Okay, and so, um, uh, yes, I'm constantly monitoring throughout the day, but then I do spend some time reflecting at the night. And and, and again, um, I always say this for people who aren't like deep thinkers and journalers. Like, if you are, then I don't have to challenge you because you're going to do it anyways. But if you aren't, then I just say, hey, just jot, don't worry about journaling. Okay, bullet points, yeah, Uh, but don't do not, don't. That's double negative, right? Uh, do something, all right? Not nothing. Double negative again. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> I'm um, with you. I'm I, with you. I'll, I'll, I'll work on that, man. And so uh, uh, I'll ask myself, um, hey, uh, when was I the most stressed and why? Uh, you know, how can I not repeat the same mistakes? Uh, what did I do that I'm really excited about and I haven't celebrated yet because I'm just moving too fast? Uh, because a lot of, and you'd be surprised, that question right there, Sometimes when I get to the end of my day, I feel like, man, dude, 
I didn't, I, I didn't crush it today. There's so much left undone. And then I look back and I'm like, man, I empowered this person. I gave this person something, man. I made a sale. I, today is actually a pretty good day. I just had <laughs> a bad moment in my day that I carried on and I'm beating myself up. About. And I've got this long list of things that are yet to be accomplished. Let me let you off the hook. Every there's, there's never been a day in my life where I've gotten everything done that I could have gotten done. Sure. Something always gets undone and you just got to make sure that you don't leave the same things undone every day. So um, I reflect on that um, because I am a husband um, and a man of faith, I always check in on my relationships, right? How's my family doing? Like, I, I, it's not about if I put in the right amount of time or, or it's not about that. It's about, do they feel fulfilled by their, is there, I, I, I use this term called the, the dad bucket or the husband bucket. Like, is it full? Right. Because right. If I need to pour some more water in there. Like you'd be surprised. A, a kiss will go a long way. Uh, let's go get ice cream. will go a long way. And the same thing, in my relationship with God, I asked myself, like, where am I at? Like, just mm-hmm. like, am I in tune? Am I sensitive to you? Like, whatever. Am I in tune that way spiritually? Um, just because, you know, I'm in relationship with these people and I, and I just want my relationships to be intimate because that's, you know, the most important thing. Cause you can, when you, when you look at successful. those, when you look at those buckets, man, I mean, are you, are you using, you know, descriptive adjectives to describe where you would rate yourself there rather than actually rating it with a, with like a number on like, Hey, Daryl, where are you, where are you at? One to yeah. 10. Is it more of like a, a descriptive word? of how you're, you're experiencing that moment or is it a, a number that you're associating with that level? Yeah, it's so funny. Um, I think, I'm glad you're asking a really good question again. In the beginning it was, it was both, uh, like on a scale of one to 10. And, and mm-hmm. Benny Bouchard's journal um, had got me started doing that, the high performance planner. He has yeah. like, he'll have you rate from zero to 10 in those, uh, his energy habits or whatever. But right, right. Um, and then I would be descriptive as well. And I'm huge on being descriptive. I've done it so much for so long now that it requires less. So I don't, I already know now because I do it so consistently. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I don't have to spend as much time in reflecting because I already know. Um, so I don't currently do that, you know, um, but if you're just getting started, that will probably help you uh, to create a higher level of emotional intelligence in your life. Man. Dude, I'm, I'm, we, we might have to do a, a, a part two of this. I'm having, I'm having a, a ton of fun and, and uh, I'm sure everyone is learning a bunch out of this, this conversation, man. So I, I can't thank you enough for joining in here, man. You, you're, you're such an impressive individual and human for, for the, oh, the way you. that you carry yourself through, through your days and, and the purpose that you even recognize that you have to, to help other people, which is, an honor that you said yes to being on here to, to tailor in, in other people's worlds to their needs and what they're, they're seeking. So I, I know you had mentioned you're going to be helping us out, dropping something for the, the BTL toolbox, Daryl. So what do you have, man? Yeah. So uh, one of the things I want to just uh, give to you guys, I mean, obviously the uh, rejection to success guide is important. You can download that, yes. but I've got a purpose discovery guide. Um, uh, purpose is such a, such a convoluted word now everybody says it people who say that they know their purpose don't really know their purpose here's my stance on purpose i I believe that your purpose should be as unique as your fingerprint is Mm -hmm. i should be able to look at a purpose statement about your life and go hey that's brett i am so tired of people saying that my purpose is to help other people 
discover their purpose or my purpose is to be a husband or a father or my purpose is to add value to others. I'm like, there's a billion other people on the planet that can say the same exact thing. Yep. And so uh, your purpose should be as unique as your fingerprint is. Um, this was a journey that I went on for five years because people kept saying, just find what you're passionate about. I was passionate about playing sports. So I needed something deeper than that. And so I studied and researched and blah, 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 and came to a place where uh, I'm like, man, this is unique to who I am. And, um, and out of that uh, discovery has come the uniqueness I can bring to the world. And uh, that's what I'm all about, helping people bring 100% of themselves to the world. And so uh, I have a, a purpose uh, discovery guide that will get you started. Um, it's seven questions to ask yourself uh, to get deeper to your core purpose, okay? Um, and so it'll take you some layers deep. Um, it's not going to just say what's your skills and what's your passion about, what your career path you want right, to pursue. Right. It's going to get you deeper into your why and ask you some self-reflecting questions. So it's, it's just seven questions. You can probably do it in 15 to 30 minutes. It'll get you started. Uh, and I think that uh, is what I would recommend and uh, offer to the listeners today. Man, thank you for, for that. I'm, ex I'm excited to run through that myself, dude. That's, that's going to be fun. And yeah, for, all, yeah. for all the listeners, if you want to access the document, the, the Purpose Discovery Guide, uh, you got to make your con uh, your contribution to a charitable organization. So, Daryl, what's the uh, what's the charity that you've got in mind that, that we can help out? Yeah, I'll choose one because of the need. Uh, we are in partnership with an organization called Satisfeed. Uh, uh, you can find their information at satisfeed.org. Um, it's a food program, uh, but here's what's unique about it: is number one, it's relational, so it's not just you know, hey, you go pick up and you feel terrible because you need food. Uh, we will we'll talk to you, hang out with you, and spend time with you. Um, and then um, it, there's also no zip code requirement. So we can service people. If you're hungry, we can feed you. Oh, cool. And then there's, there's no maximum income, which is important because there's a lot of stuff for the lower class, but there's not a lot for the middle class. Um, we believe that we can help the middle class advance by taking the food need off of their off their expense item. And so uh, we're able to feed a family. And because of our relationship with community partners, uh, a small donation of $10 can actually feed a family of four for three days. Wow. Three meals. Yeah. So Man. the money goes a long way. That's and so it's a great organization to, to donate to be a part of. Man, that's great. That is great. You're awesome, dude. And thank you, Daryl, for for being on here, saying yes to it. And I've learned a ton from you. This has been extremely insightful and getting to know you Thank a little you. bit better, man. And I'm sure everybody is going to, everyone's going to love this. I'm not doubtful of that whatsoever, man. So I appreciate you so much. And, and I'm excited to, to honestly listen back to this, man. This is awesome. <laughs> Good stuff, man. <laughs> Hey, I appreciate it, man. Uh, I, I say this to everyone. Just know that I believe in you if no one else is believing you. So uh, you've got what it takes. Uh, who you are is enough. We're all going to be learning and growing. But our greatest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our greatest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure, Miriam Williamson. And so uh, I believe in you. Let's do great things together. Man, there we go. All right, everyone, you heard it there. Stay tuned for the next episode. And Daryl, thank you again, man. Thank you. My pleasure. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the BTL podcast. That's the Born to Lead podcast. 
Please be sure to stay up to speed with all of our episodes that we're going to be launching by subscribing to us on Spotify as well as Apple Podcasts. And if you're looking for more information about what we're doing, check us out on Facebook, Born to Lead Podcast. And you can also find us on Instagram there too. And when you're ready to elevate yourself and your mindset, learn more from all of the folks that we've got on the show about their knowledge, attitude, skills, and their habits. Be sure to stay tuned on Facebook. That's how you're going to learn more about where to access and how to access our BTL toolbox, where you'll have all of the content that we were mentioning before. So stay tuned, everybody, and thanks for listening. See you next time.